Ashley. And I'm Abby. And this is an episode of The Slightly Credibles. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> today we're just chilling. I feel like we're both like just straight up trying to chill today. We are. Oh, I also want to let people know that my dog Lola is snoring very loudly, but she is really yeah. comfortable, so I'm not going to move her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are we ready for today's topic? Yes! I'm psyched! Okay, so today's topic is... I'm geeked! What is it? Today we're having a garage sale! What? (laughs) You look confused. (laughs) What? Okay, so we're going to talk about different mysterious objects. So it's like we're having a garage sale. And (laughs) I'm going to tell you what we got at this garage sale. Oh my god! Shelly, stop! This is so fun! (laughs) Okay. This is so fun! Do I get to choose what I want to buy? Yes. Okay, can you see? Woo! Yeah. Okay, so (gasps) the first... Voynich manuscript! Yeah, the first object that we're going to talk about, or the first item at our garage sale, is the Voynich manuscript. What the heck is Voynich? Have you heard of this? Oh my god! Shelly, this is so fun! Have you heard of it? No! Okay. But I'm gonna! So, I actually read about this in a book a long time ago, and I don't know why, but I just always remembered it. Like, it was just something that I would, like, think of from time to time and be like, I wonder if anybody's figured anything out about this. And oh my god, this it's is so still fun. a mystery. <laughs> so. I'm having so much fun. Okay. Okay, so the Voynich Manuscript is an illustrated codex handwritten in an unknown writing system. So basically, it's a book that nobody has been able to break the code. And you can see here, I'll post some of these pictures on our social media so other people can see. Shut up. All of these what different the pages. Heck? What does the writing look like? Wait, was where was this found? Are those turnips? It looks like turnips, doesn't it? Yeah, those are turnips. It's an ancient manuscript for... The Animal Crossing game. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, so if you actually want to see it page by page, it's online on Yale's website. So Yale has the actual manuscript in its library. Oh, my God. Like, just on a shelf? <laughs> just, yeah. Like, in their rare books collection. You can rent it out? <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe. I doubt it. You probably have to have, I like... I, and you pro- in order to touch it, you probably have to wear gloves and whatnot. The Voynich Manuscript, based on carbon testing of the paper or the vellum, I think I'm saying that right, the vellum. Oh, wow. It know. was created between the years of 1404 and 1438. Holy cow. And so it was just like, okay, it was just like cavemen. Most people that have studied the manuscript believe it was composed in Italy during the Renaissance. And there were other Renaissance texts that have been found that have been written in code, but most of them have been cracked, if not all of them. They don't know who wrote it. It's still a mystery of, as to who wrote this. What is it? Is it just like a book? It's a book. It's a book that's written in a language that nobody's been able to crack. And it has illustrations and 
the illustrations have never been completely identified. Like even you said these were turnips, but what kind of turnips or where are they from? And oh. so basically most people think it's a pharmacopoeia, which it's a manuscript on how to make medicines. That's the best guess of people that have studied it. I think it just looks like a cookbook. It looks like a little cookbook. That's, yeah, it's like a cookbook. And it has all these different drawings of uh, vegetables and plants and different things that people, like they can't, they've never been able to identify what the pictures are of, but they resemble certain things that people have guessed. Like you said, like turnips or like marigolds yeah. or whatever. And then there's also uh, different star charts in the book. Shut up. Yeah, so there's that, and then there's there's a couple pages missing. So oh my god, maybe the key, like the code key, is like missing. There's oh my god, this is so fun. So there are 240 pages total, and written in the margins on some of the pages are some Latin phrases. So those are the only things that have really been able to be read. And so some of the Latin phrases, I think mostly are on the star charts. And they were just like written on the side by somebody taking notes, apparently. Now, it was named after Wilfred Voynich, who purchased the book from a book dealer in 1912. Why? He was a rare books dealer and he collected books and then he'd oh, okay. sell them or he'd study them. I think the at the time he bought it because the guy was like, hey, I have this book and I don't know what it is. Maybe you can help crack the code and figure out what it is. So he purchased it in 1912. Wow. Some people believe that it was written by a witchcraft friar, a monk, whose name was Roger Wait, Bacon. Oh. <laughs> I, oh, and his name is Bacon? Yeah. I was going to say it sounds, I, I thought you meant like a fryer, like at McDonald's, like a guy that fries <laughs> stuff. A fry cook? But his name is Bacon. Like, like his name's square pants? Yeah, exactly. And his name's Bacon? Come on. Yeah, that's. Um, and it's a cookbook. It's a freaking cookbook on how to fry things. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. There are still people today, there are tons of YouTube videos of people trying to crack the code and people who are like, I think I cracked it. Like, just random, oh everyday God. people. That, Come on, Joe Schmo, pack it up. You can read all about the types of paint that were used, the ink that was used, and the type of paper wow. that was used on Wikipedia. They, like, go into lots of details. So, the book has changed hands several times. Hmm. And each person that had the book has tried to either crack the code themselves or has lent it out to be cracked by other people and nobody has been able to do it. Wow. So some people think that this friar wrote it and he wrote it in code in order to keep it, like, secret. Yeah, but why? Because it's freaking witchcraft, dude. I bet it's witchcraft, dude. Can't he get, like, burned at the stake for yeah. making witchcraft? Yeah, and certain, <laughs> like, medicine practices back then were seen as, like, witchcraft. Like, things that yeah. people do today would be seen as witchcraft. I know that yeah. during the plague that this nun was like, hey, we should wash our hands in vinegar in order to prevent the spread of the plague. And the church was like, nah, that's witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> Which today, I feel like they just use the word witchcraft in place of weird. Yeah. Like anything they'd be like, nah, man, that's weird. Like they'd just be like, nah, that's witchcraft, man. Yeah. Like, stay out of here. <laughs> like, like what? Like today, 
hand washing is like a normal thing but back then it would be like as it should be they'd be like no you witch that's ew so people are just walking around with dookie hands they didn't <laughs> wash their hands back then not as they didn't wash their as hands? we do no it wasn't like a what practice what if they get a little poop on there then you what if they get a little poop on their hands then what that's You're gonna how get you die wiping the poop off your hand <laughs> oh my god you nasty <laughs> nasty freaks okay Ew. uh some people succ- you're gonna have to really turn the volume down on my side of this today it's, totally it's so fine. bad i'm sorry <laughs> So some, some people have suspected Voynich of having fabricated the manuscript himself. But because <gasps> of the radio, radiocarbon dating of the manuscript, that has been debunked in a way. Cool. It has been suggested that some of the illustrations in the book are from Italian engineer Giovanni Fontana because they match huh? some of his earlier drawings or like they have similarities. Maybe he just, like, saw the drawings and he was like, okay, that's how I draw turnips. Okay, that's how you draw turnips. Great, let me draw a turnip. (laughs) Fontana was familiar with cryptography and used it in some of his books, although he did not use the Voynich script, but similar substitution ciphers in some of his Mm. other books. Yeah, yeah. so if anyone is interested, you can check out the book on Yale's website. And um, that's the first item in our garage sale. Okay, 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 okay. I need to, I need to, hold on, make notes. So I got a fun little book that I can't read is my first option for purchase, right? Yes, and if you can read it, then... You probably win a ton of money. A million dollars. (laughs) Fun little book that I can't read. Okay, great. Okay, so the next... Oh, boy. I looked up how to pronounce this two weeks ago, so I'm going to do my best to remember how it's pronounced, but... Okay. Behind curtain number two is... It's called the Antikythera Mechanism. I'm going to show you a picture of it in this magazine. (laughs) Okay, I'm already like, what? Okay, looks like a piece of trash to me. Tell me about it. (laughs) Okay, and I'll... uh... Scientists everywhere gasp in horror. It looks like trash. It looks like a little mossy, dirty, like, safe opener. Open safes. Okay, the Antikythera mechanism is considered the first analog computer. What? Yeah. It looks like a piece of trash. It does look like a piece of trash. There's a reason for that, though. It predicted (laughs) the positions of the sun, stars, and moon. And it was used on ships at the time. So it was found off the coasts of Greece. It was found on a 2,000-year-old shipwreck on the ship, along with a bunch of other statues and stuff, which are all in a museum now. And when it was fancy and brand new and shiny, it was bronze. So it used to be like this bronze circular dial that the ancient Greeks would use. It had all these different interlocking gears. And depending on how you would turn it, it would predict where the stars, moon, and sun were. And this was dated to be a lot earlier than anybody else figured out how to do it. Now, it was talked about in some of Cicero's writings. Sounds like a sundial to me. I'm not that impressed. So it can't work now? They've created other replicas of it. Okay, so behind curtain number two is a hunk of junk. (laughs) Hunk 
of junk that doesn't work. Okay. Cool. So detailed imaging of the mechanism suggests work. that it had 37 gear wheels enabling it to follow the movements of the moon and the sun through the zodiac. It could also predict eclipses and even model the irregular orbit of the moon where the moon's velocity oh. is higher in its perigree than its apogee. Okay, so so it was pretty can't... advanced. Yeah. So how come I can't just look up at the sky and see that the moon's where it's at? Well, you could, but what if it's, like, cloudy? (laughs) This is true, this is true. Okay, so here's a model of what they predict it may have looked like or what they've been able to guess so far. But some of the pieces are missing. Now, people had looked for this computer... For a long time, because it was in Cicero's writings, and this is the only one that they have found of it, ever. Hmm. It is estimated to have been built in the 2nd century BC or 1st century BC. Further dives Hmm. were taken in 2014. They were hoping to discover more parts of the mechanism or more mechanisms, but they haven't yet. That's, like, so hard. Like, what do you mean? You're just going to send a group of people to look at the bottom of the ocean for what? They don't even know what they're looking for. Exactly. Like, what do you mean? How do you do that? They're like looking at rocks and you can't even like, if, if you showed me that thing, I'd be like, wow, it's a, it's a rock. <laughs> how do I, how do I, how do I differentiate that rock from all the other rocks? Tell me know. that. <laughs> okay. I, object okay are you ready for the next object in our garage sale yeah i'm gonna throw this one out of my options i don't even think this is worth 25 cents i think <laughs> i'm <laughs> those poor ancient greek people that worked so hard on this computer yeah well they're like the splash, original steve it. jobs okay <laughs> Okay, well, to me, the little fun little book with the turnips is a lot more interesting. It's more interesting? Okay. Okay, behind curtain number three. Is that an urn? It looks like one. It's the Zeng. Is it a music box? No. Can I keep guessing? Can I see? Can I see again? Yeah, here, I'll actually screen share it with you. Cool, cool, cool. I want to guess Because the picture makes it look deceptively small. Oh, it's giant? Yes. This thing is huge. It's like at least six feet. Holy cow. Is it a fountain? No. Does it feed toads? It kind of feeds toads, but not the way you're thinking. Okay, it's called the Zhang Hang Seismoscope. Seismoscope? Yeah. Hang Zhang? The Zhang Hang Seismoscope. Oh, the Zhang Hang. (laughs) I love it. It's an ancient earthquake detector. Shut up! Really? Yeah. And it was actually very accurate. Because that looks so cool. Like, <laughs> it is it's very just cool. an earthquake. It's just an earthquake detector, but that shit looks so cool. So, like, that shit looks so fire. Basically. So far, this is what I'm buying at the, at the garage so sale. So, basically, they've been trying to figure out exactly how it works for a long time now. But, according to records, it does work. The guy made it to hold at the Emperor's Palace. And it was supposed to alert people for when there was going to be an earthquake. Like, it predicted earthquakes, Uh or it would tell them exactly when an earthquake was happening. There's, like, a 
ball thing that would go, depending on how the levers moved, from the earth moving, it would drop a ball into one of the toad's mouths. And that's the direction the earthquake was. That is the most sick thing I've ever heard. I feel like today it would just be like, uh... Yeah, it would be like, hey, earthquake gonna happen over here. Here's like some, here's a little a list of numbers that tells you where it is. What is that? Long yeah, latitude? like it would be like a needle this, on a chart. But this is actually But like this is a little dragon art. spitting out, throw yeah. up into a, to- a toad's throat, whichever way the toad's facing. Yeah. Like how much funner. It's so cool. Look at what culture can be. What if you were working at the museum one late night and you're just walking around and then all of a sudden you hear, dink, and you're like, oh shit. And then everything <laughs> just <laughs> starts yeah, that would be so scary. <laughs> that would be so scary. They could put that in a scary movie. It was created nearly 2,000 years ago before people even understood what an earthquake was. That is so cool. So Zhang He... I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering his name. Zhang Heng lived in China during the Han Dynasty, and history remembers him as a scholar in many fields. But he's most famous for creating this wow. seismoscope. Okay, so option three is dope toad feeder made of gold. Yep. All right. So the next thing on our list are the crystal skulls. Is that a real skull? It's a quartz carved into a skull. So you remember the old the Indiana Jones movie with Shia LaBeouf? Uh, I remember every movie ever with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, okay. So you remember how they had the crystal skull thing? Yeah. Okay, so that's what this is, basically. The crystal skulls are human skulls that are carved out of milky white or clear quartz. They were claimed by the people who found them to be pre-Columbian Mesoamerican artifacts. So basically, people in South America that were um, archaeologists, some people have claimed they were found in like ancient ruins or old temples that they were excavating. However, most of them have been debunked as fakes, and (gasps) none of the skulls in museums that are around the world now come from documented excavations. I think some of these people who were out excavating were like, hey, we're not finding anything of value, so let's pretend that we found these skulls so we can sell them and make money. Wait, where was this? So in um, when people were excavating ancient ruins in Latin America. So is it just like somebody's like Latin American grandma like whittling away a crystal and like... Probably not. It's probably some European guy who was oh. like over there like excavating in the name of like science and history, you know? And then he was like, uh-oh, I don't have anything to show for my archaeological expedition so let's pretend and plant this thing here and pretend like i found it that's terrible but kind of badass yeah (laughs) (laughs) so some of these skulls are in the british museums oh my god and they're not even like special no the results of these studies demonstrated that those examined were manufactured in the mid-19th century or later almost certainly in europe during a time when interest in ancient culture was abundant the skulls appear to have been crafted in Germany, most likely in workshops in the town of Eidar Oberstein, 
which was renowned for crafting objects made from imported Brazilian quartz in the late 19th century. Wow. Despite some claims presented in an assortment of popularizing literature, legends of crystal skulls with mystical powers do not figure in genuine Mesoamerican or Native American mythologies and spiritual accounts. Oh, wow. Some people, though, do believe that they possess paranormal abilities, and that's like what they showed on Indiana Jones, right? They were like, oh, it's an actual alien artifact or whatever. Oh, wow. So if there are any real crystal skulls out there, they're hiding. People be dumb. People be stupid. Um, So option four is a scammy, unspecial head bones. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Some individuals believe the paranormal claim that crystal skulls can produce a variety of miracles. This is literally just some guy that made it for money and all these people are trying to make it special. That is so funny. Yeah. Well, some people, I think some people think that they are really special and that the government was trying to cover up that they weren't special. Oh, okay. Now you're, now I'm listening. And then there are other people who believe that the crystal skulls are relics from ancient Atlantis. Or that they're, like, from aliens. So there's, like, a ton of different rabbit holes that you can go on with oh these crystal God. skulls. So the next object are... Can you see what that is? What the heck? Now we're getting into the... Sp- are they all for sale? Stuff. Are all those boys for sale? No, just the picture. Just the <laughs> portrait. <gasps> oh, my God. I thought that was a, another person. I know, right? So it's a, they're all holding a painting? Yeah. So the next object is called a crying boy painting so these paintings were mass produced in the 1950s they're paintings of a weeping toddler and they have been known to be cursed because they refuse to burn what yeah so they were really popular uh there were 50,000 of them created in the 1950s and for some reason people were just buying them up And they were especially popular in the UK. And then this rumor started when, in a couple of different incidences, houses burned down and everything was gone except for the painting. No. So people were starting to say, hey, these are like haunted paintings. They're cursed. It's a no from me. It's a no from me. (laughs) I'm leaving the garage sale and I'm never coming back without any of the items. Oh, my God! Once the rumor started going around that they were cursed, people started, like, trying to burn them themselves and take them out of their oh, I houses. don't like this. <gasps> I don't like this. Why on earth was a painting of a crying person mass-produced? I have no idea. Okay, so... Who even wants this in their house? The painter was named Bruno Amarillo. Like, they've been around so some from the 1950s. And people had them in their houses for years and years. And then in 1985, that's when the idea of the curse really spread throughout the UK. And people started taking them out of their homes and trying to burn them. People were starting to bring all the paintings to these bonfires and trying to, like, burn them all together because they didn't want their houses to burn down. Part of the reason that they wouldn't burn is because they were literally treated with a varnish that was fire retardant. 
Oh. But people still didn't like them because, you know, if your house burns down and that's all that's left, that's pretty creepy. Okay, wait, why can't we just put a fire retardant varnish on your entire house then? That's a good question. And then we wouldn't have our houses burning down in California. <laughs> I know that fire retardant stuff isn't safe, like, to breathe in. So maybe that might be part of why oh my we don't God. use it that often. But um, I'm not really 100% sure why we not always use it. There were a bunch of rumors going around that the kids in the picture were made to cry and that they were painted after they were caused to be crying, which caused the paintings to be cursed. And then there was another rumor that the boy in the famous painting died in a fire. And that's why all the paintings are cursed. You know. I hate this. <laughs> Ew. Okay, so are you ready for the last object? Yes. Okay, hold on. My cur- option five was cursed, fire retardant, sad, toddler boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Holy cow. Okay, the last. Okay, yes, I'm you ready. You probably have heard of this one. Uh, no, and I still don't like it. This, why, why did this take such a dark turn? I want to go back to the turnip book. Take me back to the turnip happy turnip book. Okay, so this one's called Robert the Doll. Oh my god, his name is Robert. I already want to throw him in the fire with all the paintings. He is the evil doll that inspired the Chucky movies. Shut up. He was reportedly inspired by a toy given to a boy named Robert Eugene Otto more than 100 years ago. Soon, the boy's parents believed they could hear the doll speak to the child, and some would even insist that they could hear it blink. So they stored it up in the attic, and then they reported sounds of scratching footsteps. The doll is now kept in a Florida Key West museum where it stares at visitors with its black button eyes. At night... What the heck? At night, it's said to change positions, and the museum warns people that they must ask the doll permission to take its picture, because if they don't, their cameras will malfunction. Um, no. (laughs) Uh, To me, it just looks kind of like this cute little doll, but I guess it's like... Are you kidding me? No! (laughs) What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh God! What is wrong with you? And people, I don't ever want to look at it again. I feel doll. like it's already um, no. People are weird. They are. Weird. Leave that stuff alone, you freaks! Oh my God! Oh, I don't want to look at him. <laughs> um, I do not want to look at him. He literally looks. Oh my God! He's burned into my retinas. <laughs> I don't want to see him. Traveled like to different museums, but if you really want to see him right now, he's in Florida. Of course, he's in Florida. Why do you think all the terrible things are happening in Florida? <laughs> Why do you think everyone's insane? So it's because of him. It's just because of him. <laughs> Freaking so people Robert. actually think that it has supernatural abilities. Have you ever had anything like that, like an object like that? Like, oh my God, no! But I don't want to know if you did. Did you, <laughs> Shelley? Of course you did. But it wasn't like scary. Uh, bingo bear and when you would press it it would like say stuff like press the top of shut up and sometimes in the middle of the night it would just randomly start talking oh my god it's like a freaking furby but from hell yeah it was basically like a furby but this was like back 
in the early 90s before Furbies came out. I, I was a toddler and it freaked my dad out so bad that he had to move it out of the room. Like it would normally sit oh, in our living room God. and I would play with it. And it bothered him so much that he moved it. And my mom thought it was hilarious. Oh, hell no. <laughs> my dad hated it. <laughs> hell no, baby. But anyway, yeah, that's Bingo Bear. I think wow. we still have it. Bingo him too. Bear. Oh no, burn it. <laughs> okay, so Ew. The, let's go over the object options one more time. Number one is a fun little book that you can't read, but it's got <laughs> cute turnips on it. Option two is a hunk of junk. It doesn't work anymore. So there's no use of oh, it, one but thing like I it used to, to like tell you where the stars were. One thing were. I wanted to what? say about that that I didn't say before was modern watchmakers study the Antikythera mechanism because they are so impressed by it, and people have tried to make watch replicas of it or like That's use it to create modern watches. See, if the watch was for sale, I might get the watch. It's just the mechanism, the old one. But I don't want the hunk of junk. I don't want a <laughs> barnacle-filled piece of trash. <laughs> No, thank you. Not from me. You might as well just put it in the trash and then let the junk collectors come get it. Um, then we have a little <laughs> dope toad feeding urn made of gold. That's cool. <laughs> so far, that's cool. That's my favorite. Then, like, little scam, scammy crystal alien head bone. And that's really fun. But But, like, the thing is, if it's, like... The thing is, from here on out, the rest of the items are kind of cursed, and I don't want that <laughs> in my life. So I'm gonna leave. The, I'm gonna leave these ones behind, and I'll take. I'm gonna leave the cursed fire retardant, crying toddler, and I'm gonna leave Rob. <laughs> so yeah, I'm between the turnip book and the little dope toad feeder. But you know what? I think I'm gonna get the dope toad feeder, and I'm gonna put it in my kitchen and fill it with gumballs, and then. <laughs> And you'll know so, when and an then it's like a gumball machine. Every time you get a gumball. <laughs> yeah, and everybody gets a gumball. During an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that'll help a little bit. The cool thing about the seismoscope is that it would detect an earthquake from hundreds of miles away. Like that's how sensitive it was. That's crazy. I don't know how that works. That freaks me out. It's crazy. He that guy was smart. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're going to go with the seismoscope? Yeah, I'm going to go with the gold toad feeder and put it in my kitchen as a gumball machine. Okay, well, at least I sold one thing in this garage sale. Yeah, the rest can burn in hell because <laughs> I don't need any of that. I don't need that stuff in my life. <laughs> what would you take? Um, I've always been obsessed with the Voynich manuscript. Yeah, that's a cool one. I'll allow that. I... I don't know why. Like, I remember reading about it the first time when I was in college, and it was, like, in some weird publication, but they were like, maybe it's from aliens. And I think that's why I oh. thought I thought it was so cool. Was, like... Because I'm not going to lie, that one, like, drawing of, like, all the people and, like, the thing looks like they're getting abducted. Yeah, it kind of does. All right. Well, I think that's the end of our episode. This was so fun. We need to do more themed episodes. This was so fun. Uh, if you guys have a favorite object that you want to buy from our garage sale, let us know. Yeah, we'll put offers. Like, maybe we could open up, like, an eBay. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm Shalee. 
Aw, I'm Abby. I don't want this one to end. It was fun. <laughs> and thanks for joining us. This was an episode of... <gasps> the Slightly Credibles! <laughs> bye! <laughs> you said bye! <laughs>